Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Clockwork Around Your Podcast. In this episode, myself, Finley Crabolder, and Dutch football journalist Peter McVitie are going to predict our Euro 2020 squads. But um, the episode you're about to listen to was actually recorded last week, and since we recorded it, a few things have happened, so I thought I'd just clarify those things before we get into it. So Frank de Boer gave an ESPN interview in which he suggested that Wout Weghorst would be included in the squad, which is a pleasant surprise for all of us. And the big thing is also that Ian Robin played uh, 80 minutes for FC Groningen against Emin and he got two assists. And he also stated afterwards that he'd be up for going to the Euros if he was selected. So yeah, those are things that happened after the recording you're about to listen to and... Um, well, our opinions on that are probably different now in that now it seems like Vekos will be included in the squad. And as for Robin, it's still unlikely, but there's more of a chance. Um, anyway, so yeah, I just thought I'd clarify those things. And um, yeah, enjoy the episode. All right. Well, first of all, Peter, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How's, uh, how's it going? How's life over there in Holland? Yeah, not too bad. A bit, uh, a bit rainy, but uh, we're coming out of the lockdown stuff, so it's uh, looking up a bit. Yeah, same here. It's uh, yeah, bright side is it. You know, things are starting to open up, pubs, restaurants. But downside is it's only outdoors, and this is England in April, so it's just <laughs> rain. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite one of those people brave enough to sit outside drinking a pint while it's tipping it down yet. Anyway. Yeah, and uh, no chance. Uh, anyway, so today going to be discussing, uh, well, predicting the Netherlands Euro 2020 squad. Um, I know it takes place in 2021, but everyone seems to be calling it 2020 still. So we're going to go with that. Yeah, so it was confirmed just before we recorded, which was good timing, that it's going to that you're for allowing a 26-man squad rather than a 23-man squad. So um, yeah, we'll go by that. And yeah, we haven't really, uh, we haven't like agreed on anything beforehand, me and Peter. So this will be a proper discussion. Um, I'm sure our, our thoughts won't be radically different though. Um, so yeah, how are we going to do it? We're going to go through each area of the squad. So goalkeeper, defence, midfield, attack. And yeah, we'll pick out the players we think are definitely going to go. And then discuss the ones that could potentially go. Um, we'll start off with goalkeepers. I think this is a pretty, pretty easy one to start off with, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. That's probably the pretty much decided the three of them. Yeah. So Jasper Silasin, Tim Krul, Martin Stakelenberg. Um, yeah. Any question marks? Do you think there's any chance that he could take someone else other than those three? Yeah, I think Stakelenberg could be dropped and maybe he'd go for um, Marco Bizot at AZ or maybe Joel Drommel. But um, and Bizot, I think, would be a, a decent uh, addition. He's been in the squad before. He's made one appearance against Spain, um, so it wouldn't be ridiculous if he if he came along. So that would be the one that um, I think might be uh, might change. But yeah, I think Sealison will be the first choice and Krull back up. Yeah, I think like you said, Bizot would be the most likely because he has been in the squad before and he's played unlike the other two. But I think, yeah, I don't think he's any better than Stakelenberg. And I think uh, Stakelenberg's probably good to have. I mean, he's got a lot of major tournament experience. He's, you know, it's quite a young squad. So it's good to have someone a bit older experienced, I think. So, yeah, I'd say they're going to be the three. Like you said, I think Silas is going to start probably. You think there's any chance Tim Crow is going to start? Obviously, he played in uh, Silas's absence. 
Yeah, I think there's a possibility. I mean, Sealison hasn't really played much this season. Um, he is back playing for uh, Valencia now, but he hasn't had a, a lot of games. Cruel, yeah, he's been he's been playing consistently and been pretty good. So yeah, I think there's a possibility, but um, yeah, I reckon Sealison is would have to have to do something terrible, which is always a possibility against Scotland. Uh, <laughs> To, uh, or Georgia to uh, give up his uh, his position. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I'd probably still rather start with Sealison. I know he hasn't mm. been playing much, but he's a lot better uh, with the ball at his feet distribution. And I don't think he's like I think yeah I don't think he's any worse than Cruel as a shot stopper either. So yeah, I think yeah. I'd rather Sealison. Um, only time I'd want to see Cruel would be for a penalty shootout. <laughs> yeah. You think, yeah, uh, yeah. Can you totally see Frank Van DeBoer? Dijk, uh, Van trick. Yeah, do you think DeBoer's got it in his locker to do the Van Gaal trick, or do you think he's not that type of manager? <laughs> nah, I think uh, I think it would be too obvious. I think he would uh, he would probably be like, nah, I can't be that bold and just uh, plagiarising Van Gaal. But uh, I think he will just trust Sealison. I mean, it's not like I mean Sealison was. It took him so long. He had gone so long in his career without ever saving a penalty. But uh, I don't think it's just that he has like some. Um, terrible weakness in penalties. I think it's just that it's a bit of a. Sometimes it can be a bit of a lottery, depending on who you're up against. So, yeah. Uh, nah, I don't think he would. Uh, I mean, this, this is assuming that the Netherlands even make it far enough to get in a penalty <laughs> shootout. Yeah, getting ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, don't, I think he would just leave it to, to, to say, listen, I mean, it would also be kind of cruel to humiliate the guy like that for a, a second time in, uh, in his career. So, uh, yeah. yeah, maybe it would. Uh, maybe it would be a bad idea. <laughs> I think it's well, man. How he he already knew he was leaving at that point when he did it. Yeah. It's like this isn't my problem. I'm out of yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it's still been saved Messi's penalty the other day. I mean, the rebound did go in, but he saved the penalty, yeah. so you know yeah. he can do it. But yeah, my Sealison, uh, Krul, Stakenberg. That's a easy start. I'd say that's pretty much guaranteed. Um, defense, it gets quite a bit more complicated. Um, again, we'll start with an easier one. Start off with right back. I think that's pretty much set in stone. It's going to be Denzel Dumfries and Kenny Tete, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. Um, Veltman available probably for um, to fill in if necessary from a centre back. But uh, yeah, it'll be those two. I think that's the right call. Do you think Karsdorp should have had a shot? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'd, I'm a big fan of Karlsdorp. I think he does uh, add quite a lot. I think Dumfries has some weaknesses. He always he, he tends to look a bit out of place uh, when it comes to the national team. Kenny Tata is one of those yeah, defensively sound sort of right backs or a bit more focused in that regard. Uh, and so Karlsdorp would add just something completely different from Kenny Tata. Uh, so, yeah, I would like to see... We'd like to see Carl's Dock getting his chance because he's yeah, he's been really good. He's uh he's just a quality player and just an athletic machine almost. Yeah, I think he'd probably if he were to come in, he'd be in for Dumfries, I think, because yeah. we want a solid just you know, really defensively solid right back is an option. And Tete's definitely that whereas Dumfries is fairly similar to Carsdorp and he's far more attacking, a lot more athletic, like you say. Um yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind that. I'm still having flashbacks to Dumfries' miss against Gibraltar and thinking, <laughs> oh, God, I can't be handling that at a major tournament. But um, 
I guess it's kind of too late in the day to try new players at this point, really. Yeah, I mean, the other one is Hans Hakkabur. He's back for Atlanta. Mm. Um, and he, again, it's, just, it's a similar sort of quandary. He's just so good going forward as well. He's more of a, almost more of a, a right midfielder or right winger. Um, but yeah, he still leaves you exposed a bit at the back and uh, it's a similar thing. But I mean, he's just come back from injury. I know De Boer was concerned about him. I think he might have actually had him in the squad uh, if he hadn't been injured. So um, it's he's a possibility, but I, I don't think, I think they will just go for Dumfries and Tater. Yeah, he's probably more likely than uh, Karsdorp to be in the squad because I mean, he was... He did play a lot under the board at the start, and he did play a lot under Koeman. Um, yeah. I think he's uh, he's a really good option if you're playing um, three centre-backs, I think. But yeah. we saw it against uh, Italy. It was when we had uh, interim manager in charge. It was Lodevegas, I think. And, yeah, Hatterboard just got absolutely torn apart by the Italian left side, Spinozola it was. So, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, like if we're playing five at the back, I'd be well up for him going in, but I don't think he's a he's a great option really. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to be heading into the Euros with Dumfries and Hatterbor as your two right backs because that leaves <laughs> pretty dodgy defensively, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd say Dumfries, Tete, maybe Hatterbor, but if I was putting money on it, I'd probably say Dumfries and Tete at this point. Um, and then after this, this is where it's hard to predict because injuries play such a big part. Southwood, well, two centre-backs that would definitely be there, De Ligt and De Vrij. Um, no question about that, really, is there? Oh, no, no chance. I mean, De Vrij has just been, has been fantastic. He's, uh, he's really progressed so much since he left Feyenoord, um, and De Ligt has just always guaranteed a place. Yeah, I, I think De Vrij's getting a lot more credit at the moment, actually, recently. Um, mm-hmm. He deserves, you know, I saw a poll the other day on one of the... One of the Dutch publications, I can't remember which one it was, maybe um, Football International, and it was like, is De Vrij the best performing Aranya player? And it was like 56% said yes, you know, which is pretty pretty convincing when you have that big a sample size and, they, and the majority think that. So, I mean... Yeah, and the other... the. All of the ones that said no were Ajax fans, obviously. <laughs> yeah, either Ajax or Juventus fans, clearly. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, let's assume that... Well, first of all, in the case that, that Van Dijk and Blind weren't fit enough to play, De Ligt would probably be the centre-back partnership. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think there are two quality defenders. Uh, I mean, I've got all the confidence in De Vrij. Um, De Ligt still has some dodgy moments because, I mean, well, cutting some slack, he's, he's just a baby. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, the, the two solid options to have, it's, uh, it's a bit of a, it's weird that it's with, uh, if, if, the, if Van Dijk was fat, he would, it would be a bit of a, a luxury position for the uh, for Netherlands, uh, yeah. for those options. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with De Ligt and De Vrij for sure. I mean, I think that's why uh, there's not really this... Yeah, I remember way back in the day in 2010 when Robin got injured just before the World Cup and there was no debate as to whether we should rush him back or not. It was like, yep, give him injections. We we won't play him in the group stages, but he has to be in the squad. You know, there was yeah. like no option to not take him. Whereas with Van Dijk, I don't think it's quite like that. 
and I think that is probably because we do have such strong options otherwise. Um, that being said, it would be massive for us if we can get back. So, yeah, moving on to that, do you think Van Dijk's going to be in the squad? I am starting to think no. I don't think he's started training with Liverpool again yet. He only has like a month to, I think the squads have to be in at the start of June. It's uh, it's a bit ropey, man. It's a bit dodgy. I'm starting to think that he's he's missing it. Which I mean, as you say, uh, like it isn't as big a deal as it was first thought. Like when he first got injured, the idea of him missing the the Euros was a bit of a travesty. But I think the, uh, the confidence has grown, and and the other players is also a kind of scepticism about how well the Netherlands are going to perform in the competition anyway. Yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to it'll be sad if he can't, but because he is such a, a a vital part of the squad and such a reliable defender, but you don't really want to be taking a player to a competition who's just hasn't played in so long. Is probably not fit and um, it's going to might take some time to get back into the rhythm of the game. But then again, I might be misunderstanding. Van Dyke because he is just such a such a behemoth and a boss <laughs> that uh, maybe he can just walk back into it and be like, yes, yeah, it's, it's just like old times. But um, yeah, I think I think he's he's going to miss it. If it was still a twenty-three man squad, I think he definitely would have missed it. Um, mm. I don't think they would have taken. I do think now twenty-six man squad, you got three extras. I do wonder if there is maybe some logic in just taking him, not playing him in the group stages, which on paper, a three three games in which we could maybe get by without him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, in that time, he's still in the squad for the knockout stages, if we were to get there. But he's also still a dressing room figure, you know. Um, I mean, he's the captain of the side. So I do wonder if it would be worth it just for that. But, um, yeah, I mean, Jurgen Klopp was saying the other day, Van Dijk hasn't started training with the football yet. Which, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, he tweets, like, videos of running, and I'm like, oh, sweet, he's going to be back. And then it's like, oh, he hasn't actually touched a football in, like, <laughs> eight months or something crazy. You know, yeah. it's, yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know, it's a tough one. I think if he goes, he'll be in one of those three extras and he won't play in the group stages. But I do think that's a possibility. If he doesn't go, you think Nathan Ake will definitely, obviously he's been injured as well, but he's back fit now. Do you think he'll be one to be definitely on the plane? Um, not definitely. I think there's a good chance, but um, I mean, you've also got Sven Botman, who has been playing really well for Lille. Uh, he's been another present there, but um, obviously, he's been more of the under 21s. Um, even Mitchell Backer at PSG, but I would be massively surprised if he was there. But um, yeah, Ak is a good sh- a good shout. But the other one is Jeremiah St. Just. As a possibility, um, obviously he was in the squad the last time. He's been playing pretty well for Mines, and Veltman will probably be there as well. But um, yeah, I think um, I think Veltman's definitely going to be that third centre back after Delict and De Vrij. He's played a lot for Holland. He's not as bad as people make out. I don't think you know. <laughs> he, he, I know he's not a popular option, but I think he's he's had a he's you know stays had a pretty decent second half of the season for Brighton he's doesn't you know he's not not anything special but I don't think he's got too many calamitous mistakes in him these days so but yeah I think he'll be the third centre-back and then the fourth one 
maybe Van Dyke, maybe Ake, maybe Saint Just. I'd be surprised if he's yeah. bottom in again because he's never been in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I think he, I think he deserves a bit more credit. I think he's, I mean, mm. he's as I say, he's been constant in the in the Lille team that could win Liga. Um, yeah, I think he's. Uh, I'm surprised at how he's been so easily overlooked. But yeah, yeah I mean, he's more in the under twenty ones team than anything. Yeah, it is really surprising that he's never been given a shot in the senior team at this point. Um, because yeah. yeah, he's been one of, maybe one of the best defenders of the year in the in the French league, playing for a side that could win the title. Um, yeah. He's left footed as well, which is handy because we're kind of lacking in that department at the moment. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If, if I was picking, I'd probably include him as the first choice if Van Dijk was injured, but. Uh, yeah, I can't see it happening. I think it's probably going to be Veltman and I'd probably say Ake over St. Just at this point. But um, yeah, in a perfect world, we get Van Dyke. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't mention Daily Blind, but that's more because I think I'm considering him more a left back. You know, he obviously played centre back in the last few games, but that was because uh, De Vrij was out with COVID and obviously Van Dyke was injured. But um yeah, I think looking at squad, I think Blind would probably more likely be considered a left back, maybe. Um, but I'm even, I'm less optimistic about him making it than Van Dyke making it. I mean, obviously at the Ajax title celebrations, uh, I was watching an interview on the pitch with Blind, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I still think I can make the Euros. You know, I'm feeling hopeful." And then the camera zooms out, and he's on crutches. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know, Daly. That seems very optimistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit, uh, a bit much. Yeah, and I'm, I'm the same. I am, um, I'm pretty much convinced that he's not going to make it. And yeah, I'm not really that bothered to be honest with you. I don't, I don't like him playing at left back and uh, a back four. Uh, it always yeah. terrifies me. Um, I'm not. I'm just. Not really a huge fan of Blind when it comes to the national team. It just feels like he's not a, a specialist in any sort of position that you would you could really justify him being in the in the starting eleven unless there are you're catering to him with your formation uh, or there are too many injuries elsewhere. Um, yeah. I mean, there's no way it would play him first choice at left uh, centre back and left back is just. In a back four, you're just waiting to be exposed. You're just waiting to to be demolished down that side if he's if he's the one. And yeah. they're not. They haven't been really good at, at uh, covering for that weakness. So um, yeah, it's, I'm not I'm not bothered. I think he is a good player to have for a major tournament because he's so versatile. So if you get an injury or a, a, a suspension yeah. to someone in midfield or left back or centre back. He's a player that can fill in in all three of those places, which is handy and could maybe, you know, free up a spots for other players. But I don't, I'm not too concerned. I, and it's a shame as well, because again, he's a bit of a more experienced head. Um, he's the most capped player in the, in the Dutch selection. Yeah. So yeah, it's a shame on that part, but on the pitch, yeah, I don't think it's the end of the world. And uh, yeah, I don't think, sadly, I don't think he'll make it. I think that, if, yeah, I, d- I think him and Van Dyke both wouldn't be in the 23-man squad. And I think only one of them would be in the 26-man squad. And it's 
you know, that's a no-brainer. It would be yeah, like sure. if De Boer's winning to risk that. Um, it's also less of a worry because of the emergence of um, Owen Vindel, obviously, in the last Terrific. year or so. I mean, he's, yeah, he's got that left-back spot nailed down regardless of a Blinds back or not, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. And yeah, he deserves it. He's been playing really well. He's he's just constantly improving. He's just again going forward. He's he's quality defensively. He's quick enough to get back and recover. And yeah, he's uh, I think there are some big teams chasing after him. So yeah, I think he's he's got to be the one. The other one probably Van Aanholt, um, yeah. who just doesn't have the same. That doesn't bring the same confidence uh he's not as not as good in the in the build-up of attacks he's not doesn't have that same passing ability feels like more of a just a, a winger than than a, a, a fullback so yeah uh, yeah it's got to be got to be Vindal. yeah i think the only only time i'd see van out van Arnhout playing would be if like you know we come and get come up against a side with a really speedy right winger and Vindal mm-hmm. may maybe struggling defensively because, I mean, Van Aan and Van Aan is not great defensively either, but he's quicker and stronger, I think. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I think he'll be the backup left back, assuming Blind doesn't make it. And I don't think we'll really see him play much. Um, so, yeah. So that's the defence. So we've got Tete Dumfries, De Ligt, De Vrij, Veltman, question mark, maybe Van Dijk, maybe Ake, maybe St. Just, and then Vindel Van Aanhel. Um I mean... It's not. It's not too bad. It, it looks a lot better at Van Dijk's there, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Midfield, moving on then. Um, just clarify, I'm considering wingers forwards. So you know the likes of Berghaus, Barber, we'll, we'll we'll get onto a bit later. Um, the midfield, I'd say, is actually in terms of centimeters, I'd say we're pretty pretty set. Um, if Frankie De Jong, Van Alden, Klassen, De Bruyne. Gravenberch van der Beek. I mean, I'd yeah. say they're all definitely going, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's the ones that I've got here. Um, yeah, I think they're they're all guaranteed. Yeah, which is a good thing, you know. I think that we've got consistent players in that position. It's been a place we've struggled with for a while. Um, in terms of, you know, if three extras, because midfielders obviously, you know, they do the most work, maybe the most likely area of injury. Having a centre midfielder in the backup, in the in the extra three slots would make a lot of sense. I think De Boer probably will do that. So, I mean, there's two options here, and they they could not be more different. Well, in my opinion, two options. There's either Coop Miners or Kevin Strootman. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I I thought about that. No others come to mind really that I could see making the squad. I think you know, like well, if he felt if he felt brave, they could throw in uh, Joey Vermin from Heerenveen if he was feeling yeah, adventurous. Yeah. Uh, he's been quality, um, but yeah, he's probably he's still too far away from from the squad. I don't think he would. I don't think the bill would. I've, I wouldn't surprise me to be honest if the bill didn't know who Joey Vermin was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think you've picked the, the two, and obviously it's got to be it's got to be two and Coke Miners. I mean, he's just been electric again. He adds that versatility that you were talking about with Blind. Well, not not yeah. to the same extent, but he he's quality in the centre of the mid, obviously. But he can push up a bit and then attack and all. He can also he's played at centre back for AZ. I mean, he wouldn't want that at, uh, for the Netherlands at Euros, but um, just his uh, his 
flexibility is is uh, is an asset in its own. But yeah, he's got like 15 goals and five assists for Azed in the Eredivisie this season. It comes back to uh, the penalty shootout thing as well. If we make it, he's a good player to have. Isn't he? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And the other option, obviously, you know, we've gone from a young, exciting player to a not young, not exciting player. It may be a bit harsh, but it's probably true. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Strootman, obviously, he. That's one good thing DeBoer's done, actually. Strootman was a stalwart in the Ronald Koeman squad. You know, he was in the squad every every time. And DeBoer has, to be fair to him, come come in and dropped him. But he is still, you know, an important... Oh, that phrase, I'm saying it too much now. Dressing room figure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does have experience with major tournament. He was at Euro 2012. But I don't know. Honestly, maybe I'm being optimistic here, but I think that DeBoer would include Coop Miners over Strootman in the squad. Yeah, I would hope so. Uh, unless he is, as you say, just looking for a dressing room figure, which is probably something that I think DeBoer might uh, over overrate. But yeah, he's been playing well for Genoa. Uh, still no idea if he's actually going to end up there next season because it seems that they can't really afford these wages. And Marseille, he's too expensive for Marseille. So he's in for a weird summer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do like him. Uh, he was obviously really unlucky with um, the Euro 2016 and stuff, or even the 2014 World Cup where he, he was injured and, and couldn't play. But um, I tend to agree with you that um, you would go for Coke Miners and yeah, he's still a, he's still a quality player. Uh, I think he's just. Been unlucky throughout his career. I think the the injuries have, have taken their toll on him because he's not got the same speed, really. I mean, he was never a, a rapid player, but he's he's you get the feeling that he just wouldn't add the same balance to the midfield that they were always hoping for from him in the yeah. in the national team. Yeah, it is such a shame because I think what he was from 2012 onwards, really, he was you know he was. So good. I mean, he was world class. He was. You you looked at him and you thought he's going to be the top Dutch player in the world in about five yeah. years' time. You know, I mean, he yeah. was like, he was kind of like. I think he was probably the best kind of box to box midfielder we had. It's like Edgar David, you know, that kind of player that can really stick his foot in, but still has a lot of technical quality as well. And mm-hmm. then he, he was a key player in Van Hal's side to the extent that when he got injured for the World Cup, Van Hal literally thought. This is such a big loss that I'm going to have to add a centre back and take out a full. Yeah. That's that's how good he was, and it is, you know, you'd say this this would be his last chance to, you know, play in a major tournament for for his country, which is really sad. And there is a part of me that wants him in the squad for that, but you know, the injuries and the age has kind of made him lose a lot of what made him great. You know, that kind yeah. of physicality. And the the centre mids that they're going to be playing with aren't of the same. Uh, they're not just like out and out defensive midfielders, so they, it's not that same problem isn't quite missing uh, on the field. They don't. It's not as if they're as just going to be this massive hole. I think the the danger is actually more of a, a lack of presence of a of a proper anchor in the midfield. Maybe uh, yeah, the role is probably there to to offer that, but I don't think he's going to be playing uh, every game. And so the the tinkering about that's needed. Uh, is a bit is a bit different has a bit of a different focus this time so it's not he's not the same loss um, you would say yeah no and I think yeah like you said uh, an anchor man in the midfield to kind of fill in for Derone 
if they're in you know against big teams I know that Van Alden might play play there against smaller sides but yeah I do think you need another just out and out defensive midfielder and again Coop Miners is a better option than Strootman there so um yeah I'd say I'm yeah I, I think that Coop Miners will actually be one of those three extra players which um yeah yeah, I mean he has yeah, and he has been in the Bull squad before. Obviously, he probably might have even been last time out if he didn't, um, if he wasn't captain of the under twenty ones for the Euros. So, yeah, I think I think he might be the seventh centre mid. And yeah, looking at it, it's not it's not a bad bunch really. Um, obviously, Frankie is just awesome. He's <laughs> yeah. probably Holland's best player, I'd say, with Van Dijk out. Maybe even with Van Dijk, he's been and he's been so good this year for Barcelona. Klassen's had a great year for Ajax, obviously. Gravenberch is exciting. Wijnaldum hasn't had the best year for club, but he generally is still quite important for Holland. So, yeah, it's um, it's not a bad group of players. It's just about finding that balance there, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah, it's a difficult thing to to figure out who you play at the base alongside De Jong and and uh, mm. and up up ahead without really just leaving them completely exposed. And that has been a problem for the Netherlands for, since Van Gaal left, was just that the midfield had been completely um, rolled over a lot of the time. Koeman did solve it a bit. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been a problem for under De Boer already. Yeah, it's a, but, it's a, again, it's a difficult one this time. Because uh, you've got, as I mean, we talked about before, like, can you play De Jong and Kravenberts at the same time? Classing uh, is such a, a bit of a an enigma in the national team at times. I mean, you can't really, you don't really want to play him at the in the base of the midfield when because you're depriving him of his really his top assets, which has been more of a direct threat on goal through the, his runs into the box and bouncing off at other people. But then where does that leave you with Finaldom? Blah blah blah, and then. I mean, well, there's not really any point in discussing Van der Beek, but the <laughs> uh, is uh, offers you something that you you're looking for, but he's just not the same consistent uh, quality player that that you that you need. So yeah, I have a bit of sympathy for the Boer in that respect of how he's he's going to deal with the midfield, and probably that's the the only sympathy I've got for for the Boer. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's. Um, it's a delicate balance for sure. Yeah, that isn't that isn't a position where it's like, Frank, what are you doing? Why are you not? Why why are you not getting this right? Because that is it is a really difficult position to get right. Whoever he plays there, I think Frankie he's obviously going to play. I think Klassen is actually, I'm pretty confident he'll start as the number ten. He's been so good there this year for Ajax, and he was getting in the right places in the last few games for Holland. He just forgot where the back of the net was um <laughs> which yeah I, I don't think that's a massive concern I mean players have their off days but looking at his club performances I don't think that's you know gonna be you know that's not something that he's bad at really so yeah the question mark is just alongside De Jong isn't it I mean I think De Roon's the safe option but he's just bang average on the ball if I could pick I'd probably pick Coop Miners but I doubt that'll happen as he hasn't really played much but um yeah, that's definitely yeah. It's one of those places the personnel is good. You know, you got good options of just finding a way to to stick them all together. Really. Um, yeah, moving on to the forwards, I'd say it's that's not the case really. I don't think the personnel is as strong, but maybe we do already have a better idea of how it's going to set up. Um, so for forwards, I think the guarantees 
Uh, obviously Memphis Depay, that goes without saying. Steven Berghaus, I think, is definitely yeah. going to go. Daniel Malin, I think, will definitely go. Luke De Jong, yes, listeners may not want to hear that, but I'd be shocked <laughs> if he didn't go. I mean, he's, I think he's, you know, you said it in the last episode, he for he is Frank DeBoer's man for that role. So I think he'll go. Um, and then Calvin Stengs probably is a backup to Berghaus. Um, yeah. You think... You disagree with any of those, or do you think they're all on the plane? Yeah, I think I think I agree with you. I think they're all going to be there. Maybe he could take Berkline along with him. Um, that's a bit of a difficult one because he hasn't been playing a great deal. But um, uh, yeah, I think going by what we've seen already, uh, it seems to be the. I mean, Berkhaus is probably guaranteed to play, but he didn't really offer as much for the Netherlands as he. I mean, at Feyenoord, he is the main man. Um, sometimes he's a bit of a moron. He can do like just ridiculous <laughs> decisions and get sent off and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, it's the the those people are those players are going to be there. But it's, again, it's just how do you how do you um, set them up? I mean, do you play the pie just in the centre forward role, or do you bring him out of the wing and go with Dion? I mean, he could still bring Ryan Babel, which is going to be a pest. Uh, and then does he even trust him to play Stengs? I would probably play him over Berghaus um, and go mm. with Malin and Depay. Yeah. Um, would be my option. Um, and then there's the, there's the elephant in the room of Luke De Jong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, looking at it, say we say Memphis, uh, De Jong, Berghaus, Stengs, Malin... So that's five kind of guaranteed in the squad. Obviously, you want six because you need backup for each position. So the six that will probably be there is Ryan Barbell, I think. Yeah, I'm not saying he deserves to be there, but I think he probably will be. But I think as well, there will be a space for an extra player kind of left for that forward line. You know, me, I've got, you know, Van Dijk is, uh, is one of the extras. Coop Miners is one of the extras. And then the third would be up front. So, yeah, I think Barbell's definitely going to go. But I do think we might see someone a bit more you know popular i if i was putting money on it i don't think it'd be veghorst um we spoke about this before the episode that having veghorst and luke de Jong in the squad is just a bit pointless really yeah you know they're both kind of out and out strikers and i mean we, we might not even always play with that out striker if we have memphis up front so yeah exactly yeah i think yeah, I don't think Vekos will make the squad. I think De Jong will be ahead of him. Um, if I was putting money on an extra player, I'd probably say Cody Gakpo, actually. Yeah, he was the one I thought. Maybe, again, if you're feeling adventurous, Noah Lang's been playing really, yeah. really well in Belgium. He's been, yeah. he's been killing it. I would be great. I would be a huge surprise if, if he made it, obviously. But he's been really prolific in and, and, um, goals and assists. Uh, but yeah, Cody yeah. Hakpo is probably the one. He's been playing really well at PSV, seven goals and three assists in the Eredivisie. Yeah, he's probably is probably going to be a, a winger. Um, if he was feeling smart, yeah, he probably would drop De Jong and go with Vechost. Or uh, if he wanted to just add in a, a a young player to give him tournament experience, he could. If he wanted to waste his. Uh, that extra spot he could go with Myron Bodu, who's been obviously yeah. playing really well as it been a wee bit inconsistent, not as reliable. But yeah, it's a shame that even though there are three extra places, we're pretty convinced that Verkhorst isn't even going to be there. <laughs> uh, it just seems so 
so crazy that this that this guy just doesn't seem to get a chance. Uh, he, and as I say, like De Jong hasn't been playing really well for Sevilla. He's not been prolific in any way. Verhorst is just better, better in every respect. It seems. Uh, even I think I've always seen De Jong's real uh, sort of secret weapon that or weapon that gives him the edge over most is that he's just such a prolific header of a ball. He's really he's just yeah. surprisingly good in the air. But Vechost has him covered in that respect as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just bizarre that that it's just not even a debate really. Yeah, it's it's just you know looking at the squad, there's a lot that I don't. I don't fully kind of criticise the ball for, you know, like the midfield, for example, like we said, it's not really his fault that those three players have clicked so far and Ronald Koeman had those issues as well. Um, I get not wanting to kind of throw young players in when they've never played for the team before, you know, that makes sense to me. But this is the one that I look at and I think even more so than Ryan Barbel, like this is the one I cannot get my head around. Like Val Weghorst is, he's got, you know, so many goals this year in one of the top leagues in Europe. He's, by all accounts, better than De Jong in like every area, I'd say. I mean, he should be in that squad. It's just, it does just seem crazy, doesn't it, that he's not going to make it. It's confusing. It's, it's just bizarre. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it's just illogical. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you mentioned Bergvine, who would be, and he's actually been playing more for Spurs since uh, Mourinho left. But yeah, he's been playing a bit more. He could maybe make it, but I don't know. I, I think I'd rather see Gakpo than Bergvine just because of the form they've been in. Yeah, or or we could uh, could bring back Arjen Robin. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I mean, yeah. why not? Yeah, so I mean, he's. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 biased. I just see him as being the uh, the best player that's ever existed. To be honest, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be quite a. Uh, a shock, obviously, but uh, I, I like a bit of nostalgia, and that's what Dutch football Dutch football is all about nostalgia. <laughs> it's still still living in in the in the seventies, man. So um, yeah, like yeah, we probably are biased as every Dutch fan is, but I mean, yeah, it's not gonna happen, right? But imagine Robin starts the next few games end of the season. I don't know how many Eredivisie games there are left. I don't know three or four or something. He starts all three, gets you know gets a goal every game, looks really good. It's not going to happen, but there could be some sort of movement in Holland from the press, I think, saying, like, oh, you should take Robin to the Euros. You know, <laughs> I could genuinely see that happening. But, I mean, I don't think, I don't know. You think if he gets a call from Frank de Boer saying, do you want to be in my squad, do you think he'd take it? Oh, hell yeah. He's, uh, he, would, he would be like, yeah, I'll take a risk, man. I'll see. Yeah, I mean, it would be one last uh one last go at it. Uh, as I say, there's always a danger that his leg's going to fall off, like uh, that guy in The Simpsons when uh, Bart's, <laughs> uh, Bart's the healer. But, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, what you... The, I would rather have him than Babel, for example. Um, yeah, sure, because I just... Babel played... There was like only like a year or so ago, Babel being in the squad, I thought it was pretty funny, but also something, something nice about it. But uh, now I just I just don't really see the point. When as um, Robin Robin would be the 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 good dressing room figure, of course, uh, the ultimate dressing room figure. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's just uh, he's such a, a legend. Uh, even if he's terrible, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't care. I would I would forgive him and the boor. <laughs> <laughs> 
if if the justification for taking Barbell is he's a dressing room figure, then I mean Robin just blows that out of the water because he's like the best dressing room figure you can get. I mean, 2014 World Cup. I know he Van Persie was had the armband, but Robin was our captain really. You know, you yeah. saw uh, extra time against Costa Rica and Argentina. You know, between full time and extra time, he was the one kind of making the speech to the team. You know, yeah, rousing them all. I, from that regard, it's a no-brainer, and it, it would be probably the easiest way possible for Frank de Boer to get to improve the public opinion of him in Holland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would be instantly praised as a, a risk taker, and uh, yeah, it would be that would be awesome. It's just, it's such a shame that his season at Groningen just completely fell apart so quickly, and he's only now coming back, but. Um, because that was immediately what people were talking about when he announced he was coming back when he said yeah. Groningen. Was just could he play in the Euros? And then like five minutes into his first game, it was like, oh no, he he can't even play for Groningen. <laughs> he's uh, he's walking off already. Yeah. Um, and that's I mean he's still got ability. He's still uh, if he if it wasn't for the fact that his leg is hollow, then um, <laughs> he uh, he probably would be like Groningen's best player. I think if if he got back if he was back in like January time and had played consistently since then it would still be an option but yeah it's just happened too late sadly for it to happen yeah. but uh, you know if he gets a full season under his belt next year then 2022 World Cup Robin leading us to it <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah that would be that would be dynamite man he'll be uh, yeah. what 38 39 by then I mean you know Ibrahimovic <laughs> is at this year is isn't he so anything's possible yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah. Looking at the squad as a whole, not factoring in, uh, you know, how they play together or our manager, you know, just factoring in purely from your kind of personnel perspective, quality in the squad. How do you think it does stack up to the to the big teams? Um. Yeah, it's not great. The the thing is that there isn't any really spectacular national teams around at the moment. There isn't like one giant super favourite I mean I guess France is probably the strongest around at the moment but um, yeah I mean when you look at the Euros I still think getting out of the group stages is the main target obviously and I think they can do that with the squad that they've got and the, well, obviously the group that they've got but they'll probably still make a meal of it and it'll be just narrow because uh, I could see them I think they're in danger of slipping up against Ukraine and maybe Austria got to beat North Macedonia for sure. But yeah, um, yeah again, yeah, I'd still see making it to like the quarterfinals wouldn't be if they made it there. It would be a decent tournament, and then beyond that would be a bonus. So uh, yeah, I'm still not overly um, optimistic about them at the moment. No, I think uh, it's just amazing, you know. Last before the Euros last year, I was really optimistic with Koeman. Yeah. With Van Dijk fit, with it worth playing really well, I was feeling pretty good that we could get to the semis. But um, yeah, not the case now. But I mean, we won't go too into depth that now because hopefully we can do a proper Euro 2020 preview maybe after the after the friendlies with the with your home country in Georgia. Um, <laughs> yeah. Discuss that match. That'll be fun. But yeah, which I guess uh, those matches are start of June, aren't they? Yeah, uh, okay. the Scotland game is on the second of June, and then the sixth is against Georgia. Yeah, and then first Euro twenty twenty game is Ukraine on the thirteenth. So between the sixth and the thirteenth, 
do a Euro 2020 preview, go into look at the opponents, look at those friendlies, and um, yeah, maybe by then Veghorst will have smashed it in the in those two games of friendlies, and we'll be feeling really good about Harlem's chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, I don't know. It's gonna be gonna be quite a damage to their confidence when they lose five 0 to Scotland. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think they can bounce back against Georgia. <laughs> No, I mean, uh, yeah, I obviously expect them to win both of those friendlies. Uh, I, I think the Scotland one could be could be also pretty close, but yeah, I think win those two and it would set them up pretty nice for going to take on Ukraine. I think Ukraine are a decent team. Austria can pose a threat. It's uh, it's a strange um, strange group for them. Particularly because of the fact that it's the boor and there is such a such a problem with uh, getting caught out in the midfield and stuff. I mean, I, I'm the same as you. If it was still Kuman, I would be I would be much more optimistic. Yeah, I mean, the worry as well is that Ukraine's the first match, which is probably yeah. the hardest. And if you lose that, you can just enter a downward spiral. You know, we lost against Denmark in Euro 2012, and after that, you know, the players all hated each other. The press all hated everyone. It was like yeah. the, everything just fell apart, you know. Um, if you lose the first match, it's a real uphill battle, which I'm not sure. Yeah. Not sure that this team has, you know, is equipped to handle if if the pressure's on them. I think you need to get off to a good start and then maybe play with a bit more freedom. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, like I said, hopefully we'll be well. Yeah, we can. Uh, we'll be back for a preview between the friendlies and the first match so someone between the 6th and the 13th and um yeah well we'll see you then um peter as always thanks for coming on thank you thanks for having me and um yeah thanks to everyone for listening as well um you can obviously check out the website clockworkeranya.com uh twitter is at clockworkeranya and um yeah if you're enjoying enjoying the podcast then do leave a review um wherever you may listen to them especially with apple podcast so yeah thanks again and we'll see you soon all right